Shalom, brothers and sisters. Um, we have another Sabbath class for you. Uh, today we have Sid and uh, Brother Corey will be assisting me today. We have a profound lesson that I think is much needed. Um, today we're going to identify the 12 tribes of Israel. Now, those of you who follow our particular church know that we have already identified who the tribe of Judah or the Jews are, which are the Negroes. Um, but today we want to identify the other 11 tribes. <clears throat> and the reason for that is because um, it's not all about the Jews. Um, there are 11 other tribes and they deserve their shine, so to say, so to speak. Um, when you speak to Jewish people, um, they claim that they're Jews, but they can't identify who any of the other people are. And that's an issue. So today we want to go into um, clear history on who the modern day, in modern day, the modern day Israelites are. And we're going to take it tribe by tribe. We're going to use strictly the Bible. Now, listen, listen clearly and, you know, follow the precepts. There's a lot of precepts today, but if you follow them clearly, you know, even if you have a problem with us personally, put that aside and just follow the scriptures. Today, we're going to start in Colossians. It'll be Colossians 1 and 26. Colossians 1 verse 26. Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. The mystery. What, what mystery is it talking about? The mystery of who the children of Israel are. That's a mystery because predominantly when you go into the Christian church or any other church um, and you ask them, who, who are the 12 tribes today? They'll draw a blank. So we're going to go into the mystery today. Read that again, brother. Verse 26. Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. Exactly. So this was a secret for ages and for generations. And today... We are going to identify what that mystery is. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 10, verse 5 and 6. We're going into the gospel, the New Testament. Matthew chapter 10 and 5. Matthew 10, verse 5. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans enter ye not. And this is why we are going to identify who the twelve tribes are, because Christ commanded the disciples um, in the beginning to go into the Israelites. It said, he said, don't, don't go to the Gentiles, because why? Because first you have to get Israel together. You can't get Israel together without getting the Gentiles together first. Read that again, brother. Verse 5. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans, enter ye not. Continue. Verse 6. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Read that again. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, the lost sheep, who, who are lost? If they're lost, they don't know who they are. See? So we're going to go to the lost sheep. This was a commandment from Christ. So if you call yourself a Christian, how can you be following Christ's commandments if you don't go to the lost sheep? Now, I've had people tell me it doesn't matter who God's people are. Well, you're not following Christ's commandments because his commandment was go to go to the lost sheep. Read that again, brother. Verse six. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, we know that later on um, during Christ's walk after his death, he commanded 
the uh, the disciples to go to the Gentiles, but first you have to go to Israel. Paul said to the Jew first, then to the Gentiles. So we're going to get our house in order first. Now we're going to identify and we're going to go to Matthew 15 and 24 to show you that this is what Christ commanded. You cannot you cannot teach the gospel or preach the gospel if you don't know who the lost sheep are, and this is why it matters. Matthew 15, verse 24. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Read that again. Verse 24. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So Christ was sent for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now what makes you lost? Lost means you don't know who you are. You don't know your nationality. You don't know your land. You don't know your worships. See? So this is this was Christ's commandment, which is to go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And that's what we're going to do here. Read that one more time, brother. Matthew 15 and 24. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Exactly. Now we're going into the Torah. We're going to Deuteronomy 32 and 21. We just wanted to prove to you that it does matter who the lost sheep are because Christ commanded us to go to the lost sheep. So if you don't know who the lost sheep are, you may want to pay close attention to this so you can follow Christ's commandments. Deuteronomy 32 and 21. Deuteronomy 32 verse 21. They have moved me to jealousy with that which is not God. They have provoked me to anger with their vanities. And I will move them to jealousy with those which are not a people. I will provoke them to anger with the foolish nation. Right. So these particular people, the lost sheep, the 12 tribes, provoke the Most High to anger with their vanities and move the Most High to be jealous. So <clears throat> the, the, the reason why these people don't can identify themselves as the lost sheep is because we move the Most High to jealousy and he removed us out of our particular land. The, we, we didn't start... In Africa, Africa was the middle passage. So we want to show you what is the reason behind them not knowing who they are today. Read that again, brother. Verse 21. They have moved me to jealousy with that which is not God. They have provoked me to anger with their vanities. And I will move them to jealousy with, with those who are not a people. I will provoke them to anger with a foolish nation. So he will provoke us to anger with a foolish nation. A foolish nation is somebody who would say you came from an ape. A foolish nation is somebody who would vaccinate, would create a vaccination and introduce a sickness or disease into your bloodstream. That's a foolish nation. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 21. They have moved me to jealousy, which that which is not God. They have provoked me to anger with their vanities. And I will move them to jealousy with those which are not a people. Now, I will provoke them to anger with their foolish nation. Now, we're going to 2 Kings 17 and 17 to show you. How we provoke the Most High to anger. Second Kings <clears throat> 17 and 17. We're going into the Tanakh. Second Kings 17 verse 17. And they caused their sons and their daughters to pass through the fire. And use divination and enchantments. And sow themselves to do evil in the sight of the Lord. To provoke him to anger. This is why these particular people have no idea who they are. We provoke the Most High by um, pagan worship, through holidays, through Sunday worship, through m magic, through enchantments. Read that again, brother. Verse 17. And they caused their sons and their daughters to pass through the fire 
and used divination and enchantments and sold themselves to do evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. Therefore, the Most High removed us out of his sight. His sight is on his holy land, which is Israel. Read verse 18, brother. Verse 18. Therefore, the Lord was very angry with Israel and removed them out of his sight. And there was none left but the tribe of Judah only. So the <clears throat> Judah was the last um, the last tribes that was in Israel. Um, the, the northern kingdom was taken out in 721. It says, but Judah only. When it says Judah only, it's not only speaking about the tribe of Judah, but it's talking about the Judeans, which were Benjamin, Judah, and Levi, who are predominantly the black tribes, quote unquote. Read 18 again, brother. Verse 18. Therefore the Lord was very angry with Israel and removed them out of his sight. There was none left but the tribe of Judah only. Right. So when you look in Israel today, those people aren't the tribes of Israel. That's why they call themselves Israelis. See? That word is nowhere in scripture. Not one single singular time. So the Most High removed us out of his sight. Why? Because we started to follow other gods. And everybody knows that if you live in Israel or rule Israel, you rule the world. The Most High was not going to allow us to stay in that land and break his laws. So we're going we're gonna to start to identify now. Take your time. Follow these, follow these scriptures and see if you can prove us wrong. We're going into Genesis 49 to start identifying the 12 tribes of Israel. We're going into Genesis, the beginning. Genesis 49 and 1 through 4. Genesis 49 verse 1 And Jacob called unto his sons and said Gather yourselves together That I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days Now we know that Jacob His name was changed to Israel After he wrestled with an angel Now Jacob gathered his twelve sons together We know Abraham, Isaac, Jacob Jacob had twelve sons The children of Jacob are the children of Israel Because Jacob is Israel So in Genesis 49 before his passing, he called his sons into a room to tell them what would befall them in the last days, which would mean what would their shortcoming, what would what would their shortcomings be? This is how you identify who the people are, because if you don't fit these prophecies, you cannot be an Israelite. See, so in the last days, these particular prophecies we're going to go into would identify clearly, without any shadow of a doubt, who the children of Israel are. Continue, verse two. Gather yourselves together, and hear ye sons of Jacob, and hearken unto Israel your father. Read that again. Verse 2. Gather yourselves together, and hear ye sons of Jacob, and hearken unto Israel your father. See, listen to Israel your father, Jacob. Continue. Verse 3. Reuben, thou art my firstborn, my might, and the beginning of my strength, the ex excellency of dignity. And the excellency of power. Right. See, so Reuben was the firstborn, right? He's the oldest. Who is Reuben? Reuben is who you call today the Aborigines, predominantly the Aborigines of Australia and the Seminole Indians. Read that again, brother. Verse 3 Reuben, thou art my firstborn, my might, and the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity, and the excellency of power. See, these were the only people who had too much dignity to sign a peace treaty. Through with the natives, these people would not they would not sign peace treaties because they were the strength. They had too much dignity. Read that again, brother. Verse three: Reuben, thou art my firstborn, my might, and the beginning of my strength, the excellency of my dignity, Continue. and the excellency of power. 
Verse 4, unstable as water, thou shalt not excel, because thou wentest up to thy father's bed, then defileth thou it. He went up to my couch. Now it says unstable as water, because you can't hold water. If you put water in your hand, it just flows wherever. See, so these people would not be able to flourish even in their own land. And the reason for that, it says, thou shalt not excel, is because Reuben laid with his father's maid. And we know that you're not supposed to, according to scripture, the Israelites are not supposed to uncover their father's nakedness. Now, when you lay with your father's maid or his wife, you're seeing his nakedness. Read verse 4 again, brother. Verse 4, unstable as water, thou shalt not excel. Because thou wentest up to thy father's bed, then defiled it. He went up to my couch. Now, this is why they can't excel. This is exactly why. Because they, they sinned against their father by laying with his maid. So, we have identified Reuben, number one. The older brother, our big brother, Reuben, are the aborigines of Australia, predominantly, and the Seminole Indians. Now, we're going to continue with verse 5. Verse 5. Simeon and Levi are brethren. Instruments of cruelty are in their habitation. Read that again. Simeon and Levi are brethren. Instruments of cruelty and and uh, excuse me. Instruments of cruelty are in their habitation. Exactly. Now, why is it saying Simeon and Levi are brethren when we know all twelve of these are brothers? It's saying Simeon and Levi are brethren because they live on the same piece of land. See, so who could that be? That's the Dominicans. And the Haitians, so Simeon, are the Dominicans. On the other side of the island, you have the Haitians, right? Read that one more time, brother. Verse 5. Simeon and Levi are brethren. Instruments of cruelty are in their habitations. Right. Now, instruments of cruelty, that's witchcraft. We know that especially the Levites or the Haitians are dealing on a high level in voodoo. Right? We know that. Every movie you see them, what are they doing? Putting hexes on people. They're witch doctors. See? So this would be part of, this would be the curse. This is what would befall Simeon and Levi. They would be living on the same land. Notice that the Dominicans are living much higher than their brother Levi. And you're going to find out why. We're going to go to Malachi chapter 2, verse 1 through 9 to prove to you why Levi was cursed. Malachi chapter 2, verse 1 through 9. Malachi 2 and 1. And now, O ye priests, this commandment is for you. Read that again. And now, O ye priests, this commandment is for you. Now, if you study biblical history, then you know that the priest, that particular responsibility was dedicated to who? Levi, the Haitians. And you can tell why. They're very spiritual people. And now they're using their power as priests on the left hand side now. Now they're worshiping Satan right out. Read, brother. Verse 2. If you will not hear, and if you will not lay into your heart to give glory unto my name, saith the Lord of hosts, I will even send a curse upon you, and will curse your blessings. Yeah, I will curse them already, because ye do not lay it to heart. Right. So if you don't follow these words, these people will be cursed. Now, I need you to take a look around the world and tell me who's living lower than the Haitians right now. Because there, I, I don't know anybody. There isn't many that is as low and as destitute as the Levites or the Haitians. So the Haitians were responsible for keeping Israel in line by being priests. We know that those of us who know history know that the Levites didn't start off as a tribe. 
they started off as the priests, but because of their sin, they were now reduced to being a tribe. Continue, brother. Verse 3. Behold, I will corrupt your seed and spread dung upon your faces, even the dung of your solemn feasts, and one shall take you away with it. It says spread dung upon your faces. Now, you can find movies, videos, um, articles of them eating dung pies, dirt and mud pies. See? So they're living so low that they would have to eat dirt mud cakes in order to survive, in order to survive. Why? Because to whom much is given, much is required. And Levi led us all astray. Continue, brother. Verse four. And ye shall know that I have sent this commandment unto you, that my covenant might be with Levi, said the Lord of hosts. See? So this covenant was for Levi. Levi was the priest. Judah was the king. See? Continue, brother. Verse five. My covenant was with him of life and peace, and I gave them to him for fear, wherewith he feared me and was afraid before my name. See, Levi feared the Most High. See, now traditionally, when you ask a Christian or you know pretty much any other quote-unquote religion, you know, are you are you scared of God? Are you afraid of the Most High? They'll tell you no. They'll tell you why would I be afraid of God? See, and that's that's wrong. You should fear the Most High the same way. Traditionally, you know, in at least black families, we feared our mother. We feared our father. Why? Because with that fear would come respect. You would follow what they said to the to the to the scintilla. You would follow everything they said out of fear. Growing up, you know, in my family, I was more scared of my mother than I was the police. And that's where it should start. You fear the most high, therefore you'll respect him. Reverse five again, brother. Malachi 2 verse 5 My covenant was with him of life and peace And I gave them to him For the fear wherewith he feared me And was afraid before my name See through fear comes respect Continue brother Verse 6 The law of truth was in his mouth And iniquity was not found in his lips He walked with me in peace and equity And did turn away from equity Right so we know that um, We know that it says Iniquity was not found in his lips Iniquity is sin. So Levi, even today, he's very spiritual people. You know, so he didn't speak on sinful things. Uh, read verse 6 again, brother. Verse 6, the law of truth was in his mouth, and iniquity was not found in his lips. He walked with me in peace and equity, and did turn many away from iniquity. See, so Levi's particular responsibility was to keep us straight on the straight and narrow path. He turned many away from iniquity. That was the responsibility. Now we know that through Melchizedek, uh, the order of Melchizedek, king and priest now are the same. So Christ was king and priest. See? So now Judah have taken the responsibility of king and priest. Read verse 7, brother. Verse 7. For the priest's lips should keep knowledge, and they should seek the law at his mouth. For he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. Read that again. For the priest's lips should keep knowledge, and they should seek the law at his mouth. For he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. See? So we should... Only be speaking about the Most High traditionally. When we're out and about, we're amongst people. They should know that we are um, priests of God. We're teachers of God. How would they know that? Through the words that come through your mouth. Because as a man speaks, is in his heart. Read that scripture one more time, brother. Verse 7. For the priest's lips should keep knowledge, and they should seek the law at his mouth. For he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. Continue. Verse 8. But ye are departed out of the way. Ye have caused many to stumble at the law. 
Ye have corrupted the covenant of Levi, saith the Lord of hosts. Read that again, brother. Verse 8. But ye are departed out of the way. Ye have caused many to stumble at the law. Ye have corrupted the covenant of Levi, saith the Lord of hosts. Exactly. See, so Levi fell off. Therefore, once Levi fell, the priest, we all fell. See? So he caused many to stumble. That's why they, that's how they're dealing in voodoo today. Notice that a lot of the presidents, Bill Clinton spent a lot of time over there in Haiti. Because he was he was dealing on that left side. He was dealing with voodoo and black magic. See? And they caused us to stumble. So that w- that led to a corruption of the covenant between uh, the Most High and Levi. Now, Levi, that particular responsibility has been taken away from Levi. To whom much is given, much, are, much is required. Now, we're going back to Genesis 49 and 8. Now, we have identified who Reuben is. Those are the aborigines of Australia, the Sim, or you know, the Seminole Indians. We have Simeon, who is the Dominicans, and we have Levi, who are the Haitians. Now, the Ark of the Covenant. Those of us who study the Bible know that was a um, what, what you would call a weapon of the Most High, spiritual weapon. And Levi was the only tribe that was allowed to touch it. There was a time in the Bible where uh, the Ark fell, and a Judite, uh, a Jew, tried to touch it, and they died. It was two of them. See, so there was a big responsibility that came with Levi, and that's why they are so low today. So if there's some Haitians out there, I need you to listen up, brothers and sisters. There's tremendous responsibility for you. You are the chosen of the Most High God, and we need you to come back to your word. We need you to come back to your culture and put down that that paganism. We're going back to Genesis 49 and 8. We want to do some more identifications. We're going into the modern day Israelites. Who are they today? Because the Edomites have taken over lands and have um, they have taken over lands and they have changed the names of those in the land. See, so now they're not called Levites. They're called Haitians now. So they wouldn't be able to identify themselves. They did that for a reason. Read verse 8, brother. Genesis 49 and 8. Judah, thou art he whom the brethren shall praise. Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. Read that one more time. Verse 8. Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. It says Judah, who we know are the Jews. Uh, We're going to prove that. It says they would be in the neck of thine enemies, right? What does that mean? That means that wherever Judah is, the enemy would be nearby. Notice that the Levites, the Haitians, they were in slavery too, the Jamaicans, but they don't live on the same land as the enemy. See? So the Edomites would keep Judah close by. Why? Because Judah is the king tribe. And they know that when Judah rise, the other tribes follow in unison. See? So they would have to keep a close watch and pacify Judah. Read that one more time, brother. First 8. Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. Right. So Judah would be in the neck of thine enemy. Now let's show you. It says thy father's children shall bow down before thee. So are they going to bow down to a black man? No. They're going to bow down to Christ because Christ was a son of Judah who was the fourth son of Jacob. In order for you to be a Jew, you have to be a son of Judah. Being a Jew is not a religion. See? They, the Jewish people have now confiscated our identity and then made a religion out of it. And they called it Jewish. Now, when you look up that word Jewish in the dictionary, it says characteristics of a Jew. 
if you have characteristics of a Jew, that means you're not a Jew. See? If you have characteristics of blue, then you're not blue. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 8. Judah, thou art him whom thine brethren shall praise. Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. Now let's prove to you why they would bow down before Judah. We're going to go to Hebrews 7 and 14. We're going into the New Testament, guys. Follow us. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 14. Hebrews 7, verse 14. For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. Read that again, brother. Verse 14. For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. Right. See, Judah. In order to be a Jew, you must come from Judah. See, Christ, our Lord, sprang out of Judah, which Moses spake nothing of concerning priesthood. Why? Because we just read that Levi were the priest until they fell off. Now, Christ have come in the order of Melchizedek, right? And now he is king and priest. Read verse 15, brother. Verse 15. And it is yet far more evident for that after the similitude of Melchizedek that ariseth another priest. See, after the order or similitude of Melchizedek, king and priest goes to Christ. So now the Jews are king and priest. Christ is the king. Christ is the priest. See? So we wanted to show you this is why you would bow down before Judah. It's saying that Christ sprang from Judah. We would praise Christ. We wouldn't praise a Negro. We're going to go back to Genesis 49 and 9. Genesis 49 verse 9. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, thou art gone up. He, he stooped down. He, he crouched as a lion and as an old lion who shall rise up, rise him up. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 9. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, thou art gone up. He stooped down. He couched as a lion and as an old lion, who shall rouse him up? Who shall rouse him up? See that movie? That Remember that movie, The Lion King? Think about that because, see, that was about the Jews. The, you had the lion, the cub, who didn't know who he was and didn't realize that he was supposed to be king. See? So we're walking around thinking we're Africans or African-Americans. We don't even know that we're supposed to rule. It says he's couched down like a lion, as an old lion. So he's ready to pounce. See, he's down in the grass waiting to be roused up. See, so this is what this is saying. Read that one more time, brother. Verse nine. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, thou art gone up. He stooped down. He couched as a lion and as an old lion who shall rouse him up. So Judah had the spirit of a lion, which means he have a spirit of a king. See, so Judah had this, inor this inordinate uh, affection to want to rule. You know, the majority of us, um, we love the finer things in life. And a lot of times when we get something new, it's like the greatest thing ever for about two days. And then, you know, it's in the corner somewhere. Why? Because the only thing that Judah want is rulership. That's the only thing they can give us is a kingdom. We don't care about cars and jewelry and girl. We don't care about that. We want rulership. And they know that about us. That's why they have pacified Judah. Continue, brother. Verse 10. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. Shiloh means peaceable one. It says the scepter 
shall not depart from Judah, which means the kingship shall not depart from Judah. Judah would be the king. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 10. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come. And unto him shall the gatherings of the people be. Exactly. So we would be gathered unto Christ. See? We will be gathered unto Christ. <laughs> We're going to read uh, Genesis 49 and 10 one more time. Genesis 49 verse 10. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come. And unto him shall the gathering of the people be. See, we're, we're not gathering to Muhammad. We're not gathering to Malcolm X. We're gathering to Christ. See? And that's why Malcolm X and Martin Luther King couldn't bring us together. Because it's not their job to bring us together. It's Christ's job. He died for our sins. He paid the price. And the gathering shall be unto Christ. See? So Christ could bring these people together. All of the, the 12 tribes that we're going through today would be brought together through the truth of Christ, our Lord and Savior. Now, we're going to read verse 11. Verse 11. Binding his foal unto the vine and his ass's coat unto the choice vine, he washed his garments in wine and his clothes in the blood of grapes. Read that one more time. Verse 11. Binding his foal unto the vine and his ass's coat unto the choice vine, he washed his garments in wine and his clothes in the blood of grapes. This is speaking on Christ. Christ is coming back to get his garment dirty. See? Christ is not coming back to run through the meadows with a tulip in his teeth. See? That's what they teach us in church. That Christ is coming back, you know, to just love everybody. And there's, Christ is coming to love, but before, he's coming back for war. See? Because you've been lying. People have been lying on Christ's name. They've been lying on his birthday. They've been lying on his day of worship. See, so when Christ come back, he's going to be furious. And we're going to show you that Christ is coming back to get his garment dirty. It says his clothes in the blood of grapes. We're going to show you what that means through the precept. We're going to go to Revelations 19 and 11. Revelations 19 and 11. Revelations 19 verse 11. And I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he doth judge and mark wars. Make read that again, brother. Excuse me. Verse eleven. And I saw heaven open, and behold a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he he do judge and make war. See, so Christ is coming back to make war. See? And that's why they're telling you that it's aliens coming from out there. See? Because they know when Christ comes back, he's coming for war. What do you think the United Nations is about? All, what do you think the New World Order is about? See? What do you think the movie Independence Day was about? They told you it was aliens. Nah. It's Christ coming. And he's coming for war. Because he's furious on how his people have been treated. How the Most High have been dis disrespected. How we've put down his, ho his holy days for these holidays. See? Read that one more time, brother. Verse 11. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness, he do judge and make wars. Right. Now, we're going to show you who he's coming to war with. It says Christ is coming back to make war. Now, who is he going to war with? We're going to go into <clears throat> your apographer, 2nd Edris, chapter 6 and 9. We're going into your apographer. Now, those of us who study the Bible on a scholarly level understand that when the Bible was first published um, in 1611, uh, excuse me, um, we know that what? We know that there was 80 books in the Bible, not just 66. See? Now, the Roman Catholic Church 
took it upon themselves to canonize the Bible, which means they would put together the records that they could control through theology. See? So that's what they would do. We're going to go into 2 Ezra 6 and 9. 2 Ezra, verse 6 and 9. Or chapter 6, verse 9. For Esau is the end of the world, and Jacob is the beginning of it that followeth. Read that again. For Esau is the end of the world, and Jacob is the beginning of it that followeth. So Esau would be ruling at the end of the world. See? Who's ruling right now? Who's in charge? Majority, over 99% of the presidents were what? They were Edomites. Edomites mean children of Esau. Those were Caucasians. See? So Esau is the end of the world, and Jacob is the beginning is the beginning of it that followeth. Who's Jacob? Jacob is Israel. See, so there's going to be a paradigm shift where Israelites will rule after Esau, and they know that. That's why they that's why they are killing us. That's why they're putting the crack, the cocaine, the heroin in the ghettos because they know that Jacob is going to rule righteously. Of course, see, we're not going to treat them the way they treated us. Read that one more time, brother. 2 Ezra 6 verse 9 For Esau is the end of the world And Jacob is the beginning of it that follows Exactly see and this is why they teach against Christ This is why they have Weaponry up in space What do you need antimatter weapons for See because they know that Christ is coming to make war Against these governments Not against white people Against the governments controlled by Esau Or the eagle The eagle is represented by Esau is represented by the eagle Right, the Roman eagle, the Russian eagle, the American eagle. Right, let's prove that by going to Isaiah 63 because Christ said that his garment would be as the blood of grapes. Let's show you Isaiah chapter 63, verse 1. Isaiah 63, verse 1. Who is this that com- that cometh from Edom with dyed garments from Borzah? Bozrah. Excuse me. Who is this that cometh from Edom with dyed garments of Bozrah? This is the glorious in his apparel, 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 traveling in the greatness of his strength. I that speak in righteousness, mighty to save. Right. So dyed garments from Bozrah. We just read that Christ would come back in white. He would be on that white horse, right? Glorious in his apparel. So his garment is dyed. Why is his garments dyed? Read, brother. <clears throat> Verse 2. Wherefore art thou red in thine apparel, and thy garments like him that treadeth in the wine fat? Right. It seems like, so the question is, Christ, why does your garment look like you treaded in the wine fat? See? So why does your garment have red on it? Why? Read, brother. Verse 3. I have trodden the wine press alone, and of the people there was none with me. For I will tread them in my anger, and trample them in my, in my fury. And their blood shall be sprinkled upon my garments, and I will stain all my raiment. See? So Christ will come back in all white. But after he go through the winepress alone. See? Vengeance is in ours. Vengeance is the Lord's. See? So we're not angry about what have transpired and what they've done to us. Because Christ is going to come back with a vengeance. Read verse 3 again, brother. Verse 3. I have trodden the winepress alone, and of the people there was none with me. For I will tread them in my anger, and trample them in my fury. And their blood shall be sprinkled upon my garments, and I will stain all my raiment. Read. For the day of vengeance is in my heart, and the year of my redeemed is come. See? So when Christ come back, he's coming back with a vengeance. See? See? So Bozrah, when it said 
Bozra. Bozra is a capital city in Egypt. See? So Christ is coming back for war against these governments, right? You think these governments taxing you, you know, taking money out of your check, you think that's of the most high? You think a government that tell you two men can get married, you think that's of the most high? You think a government that would enslave a people and make them work for free, you think that's of the most high? You think vaccinating children is of the most high? See? So vengeance isn't ours. We're not in the militia spirit. You know, we're forgiving. You know, we're forgiving. We're in the spirit of peace and love. But when Christ come back, our big brother, that that'll be that'll be over. That time will be over. And we're gonna fight with Christ. See? We're gonna fight with on Christ with Christ's army. So we wanted to show you that Christ is coming back for war. And his died his garments will be dyed as if he walked through a wine press. See? And he's gonna do this alone. We're going to go to Deuteronomy 33 and 12. We're going back into your Torah. Deuteronomy 33, verse 12. Deuteronomy 33, verse 12. And of of Benjamin, he said, The beloved of my Lord shall dwell in safety by him, and the Lord shall cover him all the day long, and he shall dwell between his shoulders. Excuse me, excuse me. Wrong scripture. Um, Deuteronomy 27 and 1. I'm sorry. Deuteronomy 27 verse 1 And Moses with the elders of Israel Commanded the people saying Keep all the commandments which I command you this day Read that again And Moses with the elders of Israel Commanded the people saying Keep all the commandments which I command you this day See so Israel was supposed to keep commandments The Most High didn't give Israel religion He didn't give Israel Christianity He didn't give Israel Islam He didn't give Israel Buddhism he gave us commandments. This isn't a religion. See? It's, it's very confusing to me that people would say we're religious because we're following the Bible. Following laws doesn't make you religious or in a religion. See? Because the Constitution is nothing but laws. Is that a religion? See? So this isn't a religion that we're dealing with. We're dealing with history. This is the culture of the Israelites. He gave us commandments. Read that again, brother. Verse 1, and Moses with the elders of Israel commanded the people saying, keep all the commandments which I command you this day. Uh, We're going to go to uh, Deuteronomy 28 and 1. Deuteronomy 28 verse 1. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and do all his commandments which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. See, so if we would listen diligently to the Most High God, he would set us above all nations. See? See? And this is why they're teaching you in, in uh, these religious institutions not to follow the law. Because these laws would separate us from all people to be a light unto the world. Read that again, brother. Verse 1. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God... To observe and do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. He would set us on high above all nations on the earth. See, and clearly we're not above all nations of the earth. That means we didn't follow his law. See, so it's it's only an issue when Israel come back to the law. People have an issue when we when we start to be when we start to claim our rightful heritage. Because they know that God would set us apart. See? So this is why Edomites and other nations are telling you, it doesn't matter. You don't have to follow the law. You know, just be good. Right? See? So if you come back to the Most High, He will put us above all nations. Why? Because He gave us the law. 
And those who are going to rule the world when Christ comes back are people that follow the law. See? So the only way to be liberated from, you know, the destitute um, that you're going through, through the, uh, through the persecution that you're going through, to get your rulership back, to get your kingdom back and your land back, is to follow these commandments. Read 28 uh, and 1 again, brother. Verse 28, or, oh, chapter 28, verse 1, excuse me. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. See? So if we follow the Most High's law, we'll rule righteously. But we got to come back to these laws. It's not a religion. You, you, as you continue to study the Bible and take your scholarship seriously, you'll understand that this book has nothing to do with religion. It has everything to do with the Israelites. See? So in order to get rulership and to rule like other people are ruling over us today... You have to come back to the laws, not to religion. Verse 1. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and do all his commandments which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. See, so this would separate us from all people. This would separate us and put us above the nations. Because why? Because other nations are following other gods. They're following Allah. They're following Buddha. Right? They're following all these other gods, right? Osiris, Isis. So if we listen diligently to the Most High God, Israel will be placed among above all people. We're going to read Deuteronomy 28 and verse 15. Deuteronomy 28 and 15. But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. See, so if we follow the Most High, he will put us above all nations. But if we don't follow the Most High, these curses that we're about to go into would overtake us. Read 15 one more time, brother. Verse 15. But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and do all his commandments and statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. See, so he gave us laws, statutes, and commandments. He didn't give us religion. You have to separate the Bible from religion because the, because the Most High didn't give us religion. The disciples weren't part of a religion. Christ was not part of a religion. David wasn't part of a religion. Solomon, Saul, none of these people were part of a religion. They just followed the commandments of the Most High God. That's why you have to look at the Bible, not as a religious book, but as a history book, because that's what this is. This is a history book. It's not, there's no religiosity in this book. Now, we're going to show you some of those curses that Judah would go through if he didn't follow the laws, which clearly we did not. We're going to read verse 68. Deuteronomy 28, verse 68. And the Lord shall bring thee into Egypt again with ships by the way whereof I spake unto thee. Thou shalt see it no more again, and there sh and there ye shall be sold unto your enemies for bondmen and bondwomen, and no man shall buy you. So the Lord would bring us into Egypt again with ships. That word Egypt means bondage. Egypt, that word Egypt is not talking about a geographical location. Why? Because Egypt, there was no name, there was no uh, land called Egypt at this time. It was called Mithraism. 
See, so that word Egypt is synonymous with bondage. He said he would put us in bondage again with ships. What is that? That's cargo slave ships. See, further proof that the Jews are the Negroes that went into captivity on cargo slave ships. Now, we've always heard people say, well, there's always been slaves. Okay, well, there, what slaves went on to cargo slave ships? See, because they always try to wiggle their way out and try to, um, you know, take down the significance of captivity, of slavery, of the transatlantic slave trade. When it was prophesied that these people would go into Egypt again with ships. Why is it saying Egypt? Because what happened in Egypt? Slavery. Moses. Remember crossing the Red Sea. The Israelites being in captivity to the Egyptians. So the word Egypt is synonymous with bondage because that was the first slavery in the history of the world. Read that again, brother. Verse 68. And the Lord shall bring thee into Egypt again with ships. By the way, whereof I spake unto thee, thou shalt see it no more again. And there ye shall be sold unto your enemies for bondmen and bondwomen, and no man shall buy you. Sold to Mr. Jefferson in Rhode Island. Sold to Mr. Johnson in South Carolina. Right? See? So we will be sold. And it says, no man shall buy you. When you look at that word buy in the old Quaker English, the Hebrew, it means redeem. So no man would be able to redeem us. Only Christ. Now, I know a lot of people are going to be hung up on that word Egypt. So we're going to go into the precept to show you that that word Egypt isn't a geographical location. But yet, it's synonymous with bondage. We're going to go to Exodus 13 and 3 to prove to you that that word Egypt means bondage. Exodus 13 verse 3. And Moses said unto the people, Remember this day in which ye came out, of, out from Egypt. Out of the house of bondage. Out of the what? House of bondage. Out of the what? House of bondage. Read that from the top, brother. Verse 3. And Moses said unto the people, Remember this day in which ye came out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. For by strength of hand of the Lord brought you out from this place. There shall no leavened bread be eaten. Right. See? So Egypt is synonymous with the house of bondage. So we're going to go back. And show you that that word means house of bondage. We'll read house of bondage instead of Egypt. House of bondage means home of slavery, right? That's what that means. So we're going to jump back to Deuteronomy 28 and 68. And we're going to read house of bondage instead of Egypt. To give you a clear understanding. Verse 68. And the Lord shall bring thee into Egypt again. Excuse me. And the Lord shall bring thee into the house of bondage again with ships. By the way whereof I spake unto thee, thou shalt see it no more again. And there ye shall be sold unto your enemies for bondmen and bondwomen, and no man shall buy you. See, so the Most High would take, put us in, bring us into the house of bondage again, this time with ships. Why? Because the, when we were in Egypt, there was no ships involved. This time we were going to cargo slave ships and taken to a far land. Read that again, brother, with the house of bondage. Verse 68, and the Lord shall bring thee into the house of bondage again with ships by the way whereof I spake unto thee. Thou shalt see it no more again. And there ye shall be sold unto your enemies for bondmen and bondwomen, and no man shall buy you. See? So that word means bondage. Show me when the Jewish people went into slavery or captivity on ships. It's never happened. See, so this specific prophecy is only one group of people and the Bible is so perfect and true that he only put the prophecies that would identify one specific people. See, so a lot of quote unquote black people or Jews 
We knew that we went into captivity, but we didn't understand why. We thought it was because a, a white man didn't like us or because our skin was a different color. And it clearly had nothing to do with that. That's the naive way of thinking it. Don't be naivete. The Most High allowed this because we broke his law. And he prophesied that we would go into captivity with ships. See? You cannot tell me that something as significant as captivity or slavery is not in the scriptures. See? So, when you want to talk about black history, go right here. When you want to talk about black history month, go right here. When you want to talk about slavery, you go right here. See? Because Africa was the middle passage. We didn't start in Africa, and we're not going to end in Africa. We began in Israel, which is in Africa. See? The Jewish people moved into our land in 1948 after the so-called Holocaust. See? And now you may be thinking, why do y'all always bring up slavery? Well, you never said that to the Jewish people talking about the Holocaust. So we're not going to allow you to come degrade us in that fashion either. Until you go to the Jewish people and say, man, why y'all keep talking about this Holocaust? But when it comes to us talking about slavery, y'all should get over that. Right? That's not fair. And we're not going to allow that anymore. And we don't need your approval. Even if you don't approve, that's fine. All that matters is that we go to the lost sheep. Now, I know you're still, hot, you're still caught up on that word Egypt. So we're going to prove to you further that that word is not talking about a geographical location. We're going to go to Revelations 11 and 8 to prove to you that that's not talking about the place Egypt. Revelations 11 verse 8. Revelations 11 verse 8. And their dead bodies shall lie in the streets of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom in Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Read that again, brother. And their dead bodies shall lie in the streets of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom in Egypt. Spiritually, see? Spiritually Sodom in Egypt. Why is it saying Sodom? Now, if you live in a, what we call America today, you know that this was the first country to make it law that two men or two women could be married. See? Where did that come from? Sodom, Sodom and Gomorrah. So they have made sodomy legal in this particular country. Why is it saying Egypt? Because Egypt was known for hard bondage. That's what the word means. When you look at Egypt, you can tell that there was some hard bondage going on here. See? So, so Moses, remember, his people were in captivity to the Egyptians. Now think about this. We all know that the Egyptians are dark people. If you're saying the Jews are white, are you saying that White people were enslaved to Africans? Never have happened before in history. So this was two dark people. One race of Africans, the other race of Israelites. Read verse 8 again, brother. Verse 8. And their dead bodies shall lie in the streets of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. It says where our Lord was crucified. Why? Because how did they kill Christ? With a tree, with wood. And then they got here, we got here in America, and they started swinging us on trees. To mock the Most High. See? So they wanted to show you. Remember? They were burning crosses. Why were they doing that? What was the significance behind that? See? So they wanted to mock the Most High and mock us and say, the same way we did your son Christ, we're going to do your people. Read that again, brother. And their dead bodies shall lie in the streets of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, right. where also our Lord was crucified. Right. So we're going to go back to Deuteronomy 28 and 68 one more time. Now that we showed you that the word Egypt is spiritually Egypt. See? It's spiritually Sodom. Where else is homosexuality pushed 
in Amer- on American TV. You see homosexuals and sodomites all over TV, right? This was the first place to ever make it. What, what do they call it? The LBGT, right? They even have gay pride parades here in America. So this place is spiritually Sodom and spiritually Egypt. Now we're going to go to Jeremiah 17 and 4 to show you that why we lost our, the understanding that we were truly the Jews. Because what you don't know is when you go into captivity, you have no say-so over what you learn. So when you go into captivity, you can it's easy to forget who you are because you're not in charge. Read uh, Jeremiah 17 and 4, brother. Jeremiah 17 verse 4. And though even thyself shalt discontinue from thy inheritance that I gave thee, and I will cause thee to serve thine enemies in the land which thou knowest not. For ye have kindled a fire in mine anger, which shall burn forever. Read that again, brother. And though even thyself shalt discontinue from thy inheritance that I gave thee, and I will cause thee to serve thine enemies in the land which thou knowest not. See, Israel would serve their enemies in the land which they knoweth not. Did the Negroes of America know America when they came here? Absolutely not. See? So he said we would lose our heritage. That's why we're calling ourselves black. <laughs> See? We don't know who we are. Because the Most High said through the curses, through us breaking this law, we're gonna, I'm going to take your rich culture and heritage away from you. And that happened through captivity. They taught us we were Africans. And we were in no position to go against that at the time. They didn't even allow us to read. It says that we would serve thine enemies in the land, which we know of not. Who served their enemies? Who was that? Was that Jewish people? Of course not. See? So we would have to come back to the Most High uh, and follow His commandments. We would have to accept Christ and be baptized in order to come come from underneath of that particular curse. We made the Most High angry. See? So this is why we don't understand who we are. You go into the streets and ask ask seven different black men who they are, what, what's their nationality. And they'll come up with seven different answers. I actually asked the brother, what's your nationality, brother? And he, he actually told me, look, you're not going to be disrespecting me like that, asking me these types of questions. I'm like, whoa, brother, I just asked you who you were. See? So we don't know who we are. Now we're calling each other by words like nigger, right? That's because we've lost our heritage. Further proof that Judah are the Jews. Now, we're going to Luke 21 and 20 because now that you have the understanding that Judah is the Jews, the king tribe, right? You're wondering, how did we get into Africa? We said that it was the Middle Passage. We didn't start there. So let's show you how we got into Africa. We're going to go to Luke 21 and 20. We're going back to the gospel, y'all. Follow us. Follow us to the gospel. Luke 21 verse 20 and we and when ye shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies then know that the desolation thereof is nigh read that again verse 20 and when ye shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies then know that the desolation thereof is nigh now when you see Jerusalem compassed with armies that means when you see military presence when the Romans start calling martial law in Jerusalem the desolation is nigh. That desolation is known in history as the desolation of abomination. And that happened in 70 AD. You can look this up in many records. You can look this up in the book of Josephus. You can look this up in the record of um, from Babylon to Timbuktu by Rudolf R. Windsor. See? So this history is chronalized in secular, in secular books. 
Read verse 21, brother. Verse 21. Then let, let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains. Read that again. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains. So when you see military presence or martial law, he told J- Judah to flee into the mountains. Those mountains are known today as the Atlas Mountains between that separate Africa and Europe. So this is how we got into Africa. We didn't start in Africa. Just because you have dark skin don't make you African. That's ignorance and that's racist. See? Read twenty one read twenty and twenty one again, brother. Verse twenty. And when ye shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then note that the that the desolation thereof is nigh. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let them which are in the midst of it depart out, and let not them that are in the countries enter thereinto. Right, see? So this is how we got into Africa. We fled into Africa in seventy AD, fleeing from Roman persecution. Why did he say run into Africa? He told us to run into Africa because why? Because they're people of color just like us. So the Edomites or the quote-unquote white man would not be able to tell us apart to some degree because we kind of look alike. We could be mistaken even, right? But Negroes understand that they're not African. You can look at an African and tell you're not African. Look at their hair. See? Look at how they dress. Look at how they talk. Right? Look at how they play sports. Look at how they make music. We're separate people. There's no one anywhere trying to copy how an African is dressing. They're trying to copy how the Jews are dressing. When you wear your Jordans. When you turn your hat to the side. When you put your gold chain on. Or your earrings. Or your beard. Right? See? They're not following Africans. They're following Jews. Africans don't even like us to be honest with you. To be completely honest with you, they have a hatred for us, a lot of them. That's because why? Because they, we serve them first. Remember? Remember the Most High took down Africa and destroyed them, right? The Egyptians split the Red Sea for us. They didn't forget that. They don't have any respect for us. So we wanted to show you how Israel got into Africa. We're going to go to Revelations 12 and 12 to buffer that point. Revelations chapter 12 verse 12 Revelations 12 and 12 Therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea For the devil is come down unto you having great wrath Because he knoweth that he hath but a short time See so after Christ died Satan lost power to go into the heavens You're saying how how did he go into the heavens what do you mean well, even after he was cast out of the heavens, he still had um, he still had power to go into the heavens and communicate with the Most High. If you want to understand that, go into Job, the first chapter, and it'll prove to you that Christ, I mean, excuse me, that Satan went into the heavens to ask the Most High if he could persecute Job. See? Read verse 13, brother. Verse 13. And when the dragon saw that he was cast into the earth... He persecuted the woman which brought forth the man child. The woman who brought forth Christ was Israel. So he started to persecute the Israelites at that time. And that's what's going on today. Once Christ went into, uh, once Christ died on the cross for our sins, he took the keys. He even had the keys of hell. Right? See? So at that time, Satan became angry because he knew his time was becoming short. Read verse 14, brother. Verse 14. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle. 
that she might flee into the wilderness into her place. See, they the Most High told us to flee into Africa. See, flee into Africa for protection. Continue, where she is nourished for a time and times and a half a time from the face of the serpent. See, so we fled into Africa to be protected. It took them some time to find us. They didn't find us until the 1600s when slavery started. The transatlantic slave trade started. So he told us to go there and hide amongst those people. And that's what we did. Those of us who stayed in Judea aren't living today. They're dead. See? So at that time when Christ said flee into the mountains, there were some people who were saying, no, we're going to stay here. God is going to save us from here. The salvation was him telling you what to do when this came. So those of us who were smart fled from Judea, fled from Israel. The same way when the destruction comes to America, we're going to flee from there again. See? So we wanted to show you that it was, it was prophesied that we would flee into the wilderness. Africa is the wilderness. Africans only, and we fled into predominantly the western Ivory Coast. So majority of western Africa aren't Africans. See? The, the majority of Western Africa aren't Africans at all. They're actually Israelites. Africans predominantly lived in North Africa. See? So, we just wanted to prove to you who the Jews were. Now, we're going to go into another tribe. We've identified the Levites. We've identified Reuben. We've identified Simeon. We've identified Judah. Now, we're going to identify Zebulun. We're going to go to Genesis 49... And 13. Genesis 49 verse 13. Zebulun shall dwell at the haven of the sea. And he shall be for a haven of ships. And his border shall be unto Zidon. Read that again brother. Zebulun shall dwell at the haven of the sea. And he shall be for a haven of ships. And his border shall be in Zidon. Now it says Zebulun would be for a haven of ships. Where is that at? Panama. See? The Panama Canal. See? See? So that would be the area where a lot of the trading goes down. So Zebulun would be uh, predominantly the Panamanians, the Guatemalans. Uh, Panama connects both oceans. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 13. Zebulun shall dwell at the haven of the sea, and he shall be for a haven of ships, and his borders shall be into Zidon. See? So you go look at those aborigines of those areas. They're almost as dark as the Negroes. See, a lot of us who live in America don't understand. We think nothing outside of America exists. You go look at how low those people are living because all of these tribes are on the bottom. Why? Because the Most High said he would curse us if we didn't follow his law. See, read 13 again, brother. Verse 13, Zebulun shall dwell at the haven of the sea, and he shall be for a haven of ships, and his border shall be unto Zidon. Continue. Verse 14, Issachar is a strong ass couching down between two burdens. Read that again. Issachar is a strong ass couching down between two burdens. Right. Now, it says that Issachar is a strong ass couching down between two burdens. Issachar are the so-called Mexicans. The Mexicans. See? So, when it says a strong ass, when you look at their moniker, a lot of times they have bumper stickers and, uh, you know, things of that sort. Where it's uh, two donkeys, right? And then it's a man crouching down with a sombrero or a hat on. See? So Issachar would be known for burden. 
they would do a lot of work for a low price. See? So it says Issachar is a strong ass couching down between two burdens. Go look up their their um go look up their moniker or their symbol for the Mexicans. And you'll see the ass, the, the two donkeys, and the man crouched down with the hat on from doing much work. Genesis 49 and 14. Issachar is a strong ass couching down between two burdens. See, so Issachar, that, that Issachar are the Mexicans, the two donkeys with the man with the hat crouching down. It means that they will be hard workers. Burden is hard work. Continue, brother. Verse 15. And he saw that rest was good and the land that it was pleasant and bowed his shoulder to bear and became a servant and to tribute. It says that they saw that the rest was good. What's that rest? That rest is called siesta. See? So the Mexicans, what they would do is they would rest every noon. And the reason they would do that is because in that land, it is traditionally very hot at that time. So they would rest and then they would go back to work. Everybody, especially in America, you know, if you need something done cheap and quickly, high quality, who are you going to call? You're going to call Issachar, the Issacharites, the Mexicans. See? So they're the children of Israel, and that's why they struggle so much. And that's why they are attacked on all fronts. That's why they're working for next to nothing. Because they Israel. See? If you want to know who's struggling... Look around the world. The majority of the people struggling to the highest degrees are who? Israelites. Why? Because we broke the Most High's law. And these are going to be the same people that gather unto Christ. See? This is how we come together with our Mexican brothers, with our Panamanian brothers, with our Haitian brothers. To show them, bro, we're, we're brothers, sisters. We're actually blood. We are the same people. We may look a little bit different. Why? Because Jacob had four different women he had children by. So the children look a little bit different, but we know what? The nation comes through the father. So no matter what race the mother is, the race, the nationality is going to come through the father. Jacob. See? So read 14 and 15 again, my brother. Genesis 49 and 14. Issachar is a strong ass couching down between two burdens. And he saw that rest was good and the land that it was pleasant and bowed his shoulder to bear and became a servant unto tribute. Right, so they would work by the sweat of their brow to get anything. See? So this is Issachar that we're dealing with. This is Issachar that we're dealing with. Now, we have Dan. I'm not even going to identify Dan. We have a lesson on Dan. Dan is who you would call the, uh, the Spartans. They were the Spartans. The movie that you saw 300 was Dan. The reason why, and Dan actually links to the, the Herodian dynasty, uh, the Herods, the people that killed Christ at this point. Um, so Dan is no longer a tribe of Israel. So that's why we're not going to identify him today. We've identified him before, and we're going to put out a, 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 um, a lengthy lesson on Dan, because Dan is, is a few hours worth of uh, information. So we'll go into him at a later date. But Levi took Dan's spot because Dan will read it. We'll show you what happened with Dan. Just read 16 and 17, brother. Verse 16. Dan shall judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel. Read that again. Dan shall judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel. It says as one of the tribes of Israel because he's not a tribe. See? He was, his, tribe, his, his tribal responsibility was taken from him. Read 17, brother. 17. Dan shall be a serpent by the way, an adder in the path that biteth the horse heels, 
so that his rider shall fall backwards. See? So Dan would be a serpent. An adder is a snake, a poisonous snake. It says that he would bite the horse's heel so the rider would fall back. Who, who's the rider? The rider is Israel. So Dan would link with the Edomites to take his own brothers down. See? So that's why Dan have lost his responsibility. So we, you know, we'll put out a full lesson on that, you know, in the future. Read 17 again, brother. Verse 17. Dan shall be a serpent by the way, an adder in the path that biteth the horse's heels, so that the rider shall fall backwards. See? So Dan would start to link with Esau or the Edomites in order to take his own brother Israel down. That's why it says he shall judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel. See, because he wasn't given responsibility from God to be a judge. That was Levi. Levi was the priest. See? So we're going to Gad at, I mean uh, Dan at a later date. Right now, we're going to go into Gad. We're going to read Genesis 49 and 19. Verse 19. Gad, a troop shall overcome him, but he shall overcome at the last. Read that again. Gad, a troop shall overcome him. But he shall overcome at the last. Now, what troop was that that overcame Gad? That was the U.S. Cavalry, right? Under General Custer that overtook Gad when they came over into the Americas, right? Read that again, brother. Verse 19. Gad, a troop shall overcome him, but he shall overcome at the last. See? So, Gad, the North American Indians are our people. They're God's chosen people. See? Same bloodline as the Negroes, as the Jews, as the Panamanians, as... As everybody that we've spoken on thus far, Gad, those are our brothers there. And it's a shame that a lot of us are celebrating the slaughter of, of the Gadites through um, the celebration of so-called Thanksgiving. Read 19 again, brother. Verse 19, Gad, a troop shall overcome him, but he shall overcome at the last. Right, now let's prove to you that, let's prove to you that Gad was the, um, was the North American Indians. We're going to go to Deuteronomy 33 and 20. We're going back into the uh, Torah. Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 20. Deuteronomy 33 and 20. And of Gad he said, Blessed be he that enlargeth Gad. He dwelleth as a lion and teareth the arm with the crown of the head. Read that again. Verse 20. And of Gad he said, Blessed be he that enlargeth Gad. He dwelleth as a lion and teareth the arm with the crown of the head. What Gad would do is they would tear a feather from their crown and then cut the hand to make a peace pack and then they would shake hands. See? This was Gad. Those are our brothers. The North American Indians. Read that again, brother. Verse 20. And of Gad he said, Blessed be he that enlargeth Gad. He dwelleth as a lion and teareth the arm with the crown of the head. It says dwelleth as a lion. Why? Because in the Americas, they were the kings. Judah wasn't here. But when Judah came here, they put us in our rightful, they put us in our rightful position. So when the North American Indians were here, they were in charge. See? The king, we know the king, or I mean the lion is the king of the jungle. Read that one more time, brother. And of Gad, he said... Blessed be he that enlargeth Gad. He dwelleth as a lion and teareth the arm with the crown of the head. So if you bless Gad, you shall be blessed. Continue, brother. Verse 21. And he provided the first part for himself, because there in a portion of the lawgiver was he seated. And he became with the heads of the people. He executed the justice of the Lord and his judgments with Israel. See? So over here in the Americas, Gad was in charge. He was the lawgiver. 
See? To prove to you that the Gadites or the North American Indians that that are their slaughter is being celebrated on Thanksgiving are God's chosen people. See? So Negroes especially need to wake up. How are you going to celebrate the slaughter of your own brother? How would you feel if they celebrated your slavery? How would you feel about that? See? See how unfair that is? Now, we're going to move on. We're going to go to Psalm 55 and 20. Further proof on who the Gadites are. Psalms 55 verse 20. Psalms 55 verse 20. He hath put forth his hands against such as be at peace with him. Read that again. He hath put ha- he has put forth his hands against such as be at peace with him. He hath broken his covenant. What is this talking about? This is talking about when the Europeans fought against Gad, made peace treaties, broke over 300 peace treaties. Read that again, brother. Verse 20. He hath put forth his hands against such as be at peace with him. He had broken his covenant. Continue. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet were they drawn swords. See? So we know that the Edomites are the masters of psychology. They came over. They studied the Gadites. The Gadites helped them get through the harsh winters. Taught them how to deal with the buffalo jerky and, you know, all of those things. Even, what did they do? They had their women... um, they had their women making the uniforms for them to go against the, for them in war. They used the Gadite women to make their uniforms. See? But it says their mouth was smoother than butter. Because they would talk to you and you know that it's alright. Don't worry. It's okay. Everything's fine. See? But war is in their heart. That's what they do. That's what they do. They're the masters of psychology. Read 20 and 21 again, brother. Verse 20. He had put forth his hands against such as be at peace with him. He had broken his covenant. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet were they drawn swords. See? So they made over 300 peace treaties that was broken because of the psychology, how they speak. Usually when you're dealing with a Jew, you know when they're angry. (laughs) Because it's hard for them to hide it in their voice, the way it fluctuates, see? And that's why they didn't like Christ, because Christ was austere. He had that authority in his voice, see? But the Edomites come a different way. They're, they're looking to deceive you, a lot of them. See? They're, they're speaking as if, you know, everything's fine. But yet they're sending back, they're sending back letters to bring their brothers over for war. See? This is what they were doing. You think Christopher Columbus and those guys came over and and did what? You think they came over to, you know, to live? They said, what did they say? They said, this land is for you. This land is for me. We can live here together. And then what? Then they pushed them back to reservations. Look at how the Gadites are living now. And we walk right past them as if they don't matter. Look at how we, 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 uh, persecute how they were persecuted. Look at how they have football teams now with them on it, right? The Redskins, right? See, that's disrespectful to them. And then they were calling them Indians. They're not Indians. Indian means savage. See, they're natives. See, so even how they were going back into Europe saying these people are savages, right? They need to be, they need some democracy, right? They need freedom. They need Jesus. That's what they were saying. So they would use Jesus 
See, they would use that. They would manipulate Jesus, make us think he was a Caucasian man, and then destroy us. Now, why? how could they use the Bible doing this? Because our people are attached to it. How, come, how did the Gadites have the Ten Commandment tablets over here? How did that happen? See? How did they have that in the Americas? And the Bible have the proof of how the Gadites got here. And the Mexicans and the, the, the northern ten tribes. How did they get onto these islands? Right? We're going to prove to you. We're going in back into the Apocrypha. We have, a, we have the Oxford edition Apocrypha. We have the Cambridge edition Apocrypha, which is 14 books that were removed out of the canonization of the Bible through the Roman Catholic Church, who are Edomites. As if they have the authority to canonize something. Every Bible up until the mid-1800s had these 14 books in it. And to prove it to you that it's spiritually inspired, it's being published by the universities. Cambridge University. Oxford University. And even, uh, you can buy, if you don't want to buy, you know, I have the particular one that it's within the Bible. It's between the Old Testament and New Testament. But you can also just buy the Apocrypha separately. King James have a version. It's, it's a red book. It's called the King James Version Authorized Apographer. Now, we're going to show you when and how they got into the Americas. We're going to 2nd Ezra chapter 13. Go into your Apographer. And for those of us who don't want to follow the Apographer, that's fine. But there's information in the Apographer that lines up with the Bible. And if you don't have an Apographer, you don't have a full Bible. I'm, I'm sorry to say. Every scholar knows about the Apographer. Now, if you just... You know, reading it as a novelty, you know, you just pick up the Bible sometimes, don't really follow it, don't really learn it. Then, you know, you don't you, you're probably not going to be interested in this. But at our particular church, we study the Bible as scholars. Because why? Because we're the people in the book. So you can't tell us which records of our forefathers we're allowed to read. Now, we're going to read verse um, we're going to read second Ezra chapter 13 and verse 40. Verse 40. Actually, we're going to start at... Let's start at 39. 2nd Ezra 13 and 39. And whereas thou sawest that he gathered another peaceable multitude unto him. Those are the ten tribes which were carried away prisoners out of their own land. In the time of Osea the king, whom Salamonessa the king of Assyria led away captive. And he carried them over the waters. And so came they into another land. Right, so at this time, during Osea the king, this transpired around 718 B.C., 721. It took three years for this to actually happen. Read 40 and 41, brother. Verse 40, those are the ten tribes which were carried away prisoners out of their own land in the time of Osea the king, whom Salmaneser, the king of Assyria, led away captive. And he carried them over the waters, and so came they into another land. But they took this counsel amongst themselves that they would leave the multitude of the heathen and go forth into the further country where never mankind dwelt. Read that again. Where never mankind dwelt. 341 again. Verse 41. But they took this counsel amongst themselves that they would leave the multitude of the heathen and go forth into the further country where never mankind dwelt. Now what land was that where no mankind dwelt? See? This was the new world that that they were getting ready to um, that they were getting ready to facilitate. They were going to leave the multitude of the heathen, the Assyrians, where they were in captivity, right? And go into a further country called the New World or the Western World. How do you think they got here? 
How do you think these people got on the islands? How can you be on an island? Right? How did the Hawaiians, how did these people get on islands? Right? Read 41 and 42, brother. Verse 41. But they took they took this counsel amongst themselves that they would leave the multitude of the heathen and go forth into a further country where never mankind dwelt, that they might there keep their statutes, which they never kept in their own land. See, so they were, the Most High promised them this land so they could go keep their laws. Continue. Verse 43. And they entered into the Euphrates by the narrow passage of the river. See, so they came through the Euphrates. Now, in history, they're telling you that some Asians came through the Barren Strait. That's a lie. Why is it a lie? Because the Bible said it's a lie. That's why. Continue, brother. Verse 44. For the most, for the most high then showed signs for them, and held still the flood till they were passed over. Right. So the most high held the water still, so these people could travel safely. Continue, brother. Verse 45. For through this country there was a great way to go, namely of a year and a half. And the same region is called Arsareth. Read 45 again, brother. For through this country there was a great way to go, namely of a year and a half. And the same region is called Arsareth. See? So they moved into a land where no mankind dwelt. We know that as the New World. See? And that region was called Azareth, which is hidden land. See? So this is how those people got onto the islands. This is how the North American Indians got here. This is how the Mexicans got here. See? Everything you need is in Scripture. And this is exactly why they took the Apographer out of the Bible. Because they did not want you to be able to identify these people. Why? Because if you identified them, then you wouldn't be okay with celebrating the day that they were slaughtered. You wouldn't be okay with that. See? You would, they wouldn't have been able, majority of Gentiles wouldn't have came and stole the land from these people had they known who these people were. Read 45 again, brother. Verse 45. For through this country there was a great way to go, namely of a year and a half. And the same region is called Azareth. See? So every, if you study the Bible, if you study history on a scholarly level, you're a history buff. You pride yourself in knowing history. You got to pick up this record. You got to pick up this record. You got to pick up the record of the apographer. We're going into, we're going into, we're breaking it down to its lowest level. So even a child could understand what's transpiring in these scriptures. These are God's people. These are the lost sheep. Who's more lost than these people? And what did they start to do? Started dealing with totem poles and all types of things. And that's why the Mosai sent Esau or Edom to come take them down and spiritually body slam them again. See? So it wasn't just the Negroes. All of these particular people, the 12 tribes, followed other gods, Gentile gods. We shouldn't follow Gentiles. We should be over Gentiles because we're following the Most High's law. He gave the law to Moses. Moses was a Levite. He was an Israelite. See? So that's why we're on the bottom because we broke his law and he, he bestowed upon us a great responsibility. We were supposed to run the world and show the world how to please God. And we didn't do that. We started picking up Sunday worship. We started picking up holidays, Christmas, Easter, right? Uh, Thanksgiving, Veterans Day. Now, if you call yourself a Christian, right? If you call yourself a Christian, show me where they did any of those days in the Bible. See? So all you have to do, you understand, is when you're telling your friends and family why you're not celebrating those days, especially if you call yourself a Christian, well, you know, I'm a Christian, so I just follow what Christ did. And if Christ didn't celebrate it, neither shall I. See? Because this is part of the reason. What did we start doing? We started eating pork. 
crab, shrimp, lobster. The same thing that these Gentiles have now made uh, delicacy. What the Most High called filthy. The laws that was to separate us and make us special. Now we're doing it too. And if you want to follow the Gentiles, you're going to be underneath the Gentiles. Remember, the Most High said he's going he gonna to put a foolish nation over us. See, you want to follow them, then you're going to get up underneath of them. So we bring you this information to liberate us and galvanize us and facilitate the truth to our brothers and sisters. Because that's what we commanded to do. Go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And that's what we're doing today. So after you listen to this particular broadcast, you will have a clear understanding who these people are. Therefore, if you go to them, you can tell them about their history. Tell them you're going to rule the world. Tell them you're a king, brother. Sister, you're a queen. Not just because, you know, it sounds good. The Bible said you a queen, sister. The Bible said, brother, you're going to rule the world. Now, we're going into Genesis 49 and 20 to continue identifying the 12 tribes of Israel. Today, um, we are we're trying to show you who the modern day Israelites are. Who they are today. Because Edomites... Conquistadors, um, colonizers have come over. Um, they have taken a land, stolen a land, colonized it, and now changed the name of the land. Now, with being an Israelite comes a lot of envy and jealousy. Because why? Because the Most High said in Deuteronomy, He would put us above all nations. Do you think other nations want that? <laughs> exactly. Of course not. So, what we have to do is through the Spirit of the Most High giving us this understanding, where we want to identify the 12 tribes of Israel. Therefore, our brothers and sisters can come back to their culture and heritage and start to reap the benefits of being Israel. With being an Israelite, with um, coming, to your heritage and, uh, coming to your heritage and culture, you will find out that being Israel come with rulership and riches and land. And that's the majority of the reason why this information have escaped us for so long. Remember, the Bible said this was a mystery. And today we're going to iron out all of the wrinkles. So by the end of this particular broadcast, you will have the, you will have the um, information to be able to facilitate uh, the truth to your brothers and sisters. Now, we're at Genesis 49, verse 20. Genesis 49 and 20. Out of Asher, his bread shall be fat, and he shall yield royal dainties. Royal dainties. What is that? Royal dainties. Let us show you what royal dainties are. Asher. We're going to show you. Asher's, uh, Asher is, uh, their particular gift would be the oil. It would be the oil-rich countries. It would be, they would control the oil resources. That is Asher, Venezuela, Brazil, Argentina, these are the Asherites, predominantly. Now, we're going to go uh, to prove to you that they will control the oil. Royal dainties means oil. Let us show you. Deuteronomy 33 and 24. Oh. Excuse me. Deuteronomy 33, verse 24. And of Asher, he said, Let Asher be blessed with children. Let him be acceptable to his brethren, and let him dip his foot in oil. Read that again, brother. And of Asher, he said, Let Asher be blessed with children. 
let him be acceptable to his brethren and let him dip his foot in oil. See? So, royal dainties means oil. See? So, this would be, uh, the Asherites would be Venezuela, Brazil, Argentina. See? These are all the children of Israel. We're talking about the aborigines of this land, right? All of these particular uh, people are of darker skin, are brown. See? So, even though they're not Negroes, you know the Mexicans are people of color, right? We know that the Colombians are people of color. We know that the people in Brazil are people of color. The people in uh, Panama, these are all people of color. And we have similarities. We, you know, we all knew that we got along uh, exceptionally well. And, um, you know, we actually like each other. Um, the way we dress and talk, it's similar. And you're going to find out today... That that's because we're the same. We have the same father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We're going into Jacob's twelve sons. Read twenty-four again, brother. Verse twenty-four. And of Asher, he said, "Let Asher be blessed with children. Let him be acceptable to his brethren, and let him dip his foot in oil." See, oil. Dip his foot in oil. Further proof to buffer that point. We're gonna joke. We're gonna go to Job twenty-nine and six. Job 29 verse 6 When I washed my steps with butter And the rock powered Me unto rivers of oil Right uh, read, 20, uh, read Job 29 and 6 again brother Verse 6 When I washed my steps with butter And the rock poured me out rivers of oil See rivers of oil So Asher will control The oil resources That is Venezuela Brazil, Argentina See, we need to go to our brothers and let them know you're chosen. You are God's chosen people, and that's why you're struggling right now. See, a lot of people would think these can't be God's people. They're on the bottom. But them being on the bottom is what proves they're God's people. See, so you got to change up the way that you're thinking. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 6, when I washed my steps with butter and the rock poured me out rivers of oil. Right now. We're going to go back into Genesis 49. You go to Genesis 49 to look at the prophecies of what Jacob said would befall his children in the last days to be able to identify Israel. You're not going to be able to just make up who Israelites are. I remember in churches, they would do Bible, I think it was um, vacation Bible school. And then they would give out the 12 tribes, but they wouldn't even identify who they are. Coming up, we always thought that all the tribes were white people. And that's racist because none of these tribes are white people. See? And we're just dealing in truth. We don't have a problem with white people, but the Israelites aren't white. See? So you can't change up history. The problem is the Edomites or the the enemy have now taken control of the publications. They are now rewriting the history books. The only one they can't rewrite is the King James Version Bible. See? So you got to go into the Bible to identify these people and it does matter. Why does it matter? Because the Most High said, go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Read 6 again, brother. Verse 6. When I washed my steps with butter and the rock poured me out rivers of oil. Alright, now we're going to Genesis. We're going back to Genesis. Genesis 49 and 21. We're going to talk about the tribe of Naphtali. Genesis 49 verse 21. Naphtali is a hind let loose. He giveth goodly words. Right. Now, goodly words. Who is that? Aloha. Right. 
a hind let loose. That means they're a wilderness people, the way they interact with the land and dance. So you got a Naphtali would be the Hawaiians, the Samoans, the Philippines, the Fiji Islands, the Vietnamese. We're going to prove it to you. Read that again, brother. Genesis 49 and 21. Naphtali is a hind let loose. He giveth goodly words. Now, we're going to go to Deuteronomy 33 to buffer that point. See? Goodly words. Who is that? You know, predominantly the Hawaiians, right? When you come, when you step foot on their land, they, they what do they do? They give you a lay, right? And then they say aloha. See? These are Israelites. Now, we want to prove to you. Deuteronomy 33 and 23. Deuteronomy 33, verse 23. And of Naphtali, he said, Of Naphtali, satisfied with favor and full with the blessings of the Lord, possessed thou the west and the south. Read that again, brother. And, and of Naphtali, he said, O Naphtali, satisfied with favor and the full of blessings of the Lord, possessed thou the west and the south. See, it says satisfied with favor, which means these people would be good looking people. These people would be good looking. See? So, and we all know that the children of Israel are predominantly pretty good looking people, all of them. But in specific, these people. Read it again, brother. And of Naphtali, he said, O Naphtali, satisfied with favor and full with the blessings of the Lord, possess the west and the south. Now, when it says possess the west and the south, that may confuse you. So, if you're studying the Bible on a scholarly level, what you're going to want to do is get your strong concordance out, right? Now, those of us who, you know, take the Bible seriously, we know that the Strong's Concordance is pretty much a dictionary of every word that is in the uh, Bible. It gives you the Hebrew or the Greek word. So we want to show you that that word West doesn't mean West. Read 23 again, brother. Verse 23, and of Naphtali, he said, O Naphtali, satisfied with favor and full with the blessings of the Lord, Possess thou the west and the south. Right. Now we're going to go to the word west in your concordance. What Hebrew number is that, brother? The Hebrew number is 3220. 3220. And what is it saying, brother? It says the word is yam. Yam. And so, the definition is sea or a large body of water. Right. So it's saying a body of water. So... If you go there, it says Naphtali. He said, Naphtali, satisfied with favor and full with the blessings of the Lord, possess the, it says, possess thou, possess thou seas or large body of the south. So large body of the south is what? The South Pacific. Hmm. See, read 23 again, brother. And of Naphtali, he said, O Naphtali, satisfied with favor and full with the blessings of the Lord, possess thou the sea. Or large body of the south. See? So the southern seas. That's the South Pacific. See? All of those people in that area. You got the Hawaiians, the Samoans, the Philippines, Fiji Islands. You have all of those places. So at Deuteronomy 33 and 23, what it's actually saying is possess the seas of the south. See? Or the the, the large body of water of the south. It's not saying possess the west and the south. That doesn't make sense when you're looking at it in the English. But when you go into your Strong's Concordance to the Hebrew number 3220 or 3220, that word is yum. And it means large body of water or seas. So Naphtali would possess the seas of the south. 
That's the South Pacific. The South Pacific. So all of those people in that particular area, you got Guam, you got, you know, the Hawaiians, Samoans, Philippines, the Fiji Islands, the Vietnamese, all of those people, right? All of those people are the tribe of Naphtali. See? So those are our brothers and sisters. And you have to go to them and wake them up. You got to wake them up. Because why? Because they're the lost sheep. What, what, are sheep, what do sheep do? Sheep just wander into anything. See? And that's why there has to be a shepherd. That shepherd is Christ. Because he's there to steer the sheep in the right direction. And protect them from the wolves. See? So Naphtali are the people that possess the southern seas. Or the south pacific. See? And you'll never be able to understand this if you don't go into the Hebrew. So even if you don't speak Hebrew, you're going to want to get a concordance. And on a scholarly level, especially if you're taking this thing serious, um, you're going to want to look into the Hebrew words because the Hebrew words shine a light on what uh, otherwise could be misconstrued in the English language. Because why? Because the English language uh, is one of the hardest languages to learn, <clears throat> number one. Number two, it has... Many words, uh, many definitions for the same word. So Naphtali would be those who possess the southern seas. Right? Now, we're going to go into Acts 19 and 10. Because I know a lot of you are thinking, um, you're saying the Philippines and the Vietnamese. Let me show you how that's so. Go to Acts 19 and 10. We're going into the New Testament now. Going back into the New Testament, we spent the majority of the time in the Old Testament. And now you see why the Christian church don't want you in the Old Testament. <laughs> see? Because if you're not in the Old Testament, it'll be hard for you to understand who you are. So they're like, no, 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 don't go into the Old Testament. You may find yourself in the Old Testament. That's not what they want. They want you to believe everybody's the same. You know, it don't matter. God love everybody. Now, we're not saying God don't love everybody. But what we are saying is what? We're saying that he chose one people. Read Acts 19 and 10, brother. Acts 19, verse 10. And this continued by the space of two years, so that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Christ, both Jews and Greeks. See, so there was Jews or Israelites in Asia. <laughs> See, this is in the Bible. Read that again, brother. Verse 10. And this continued by the space of two years, so all that which dwelt in Asia heard the word of Lord Christ, both Jews and Greeks. See? So even in Asia, there was Israelites because why? He said that he would scatter us amongst all nations. See? So some of those people who you think are Asians <clears throat> aren't Asians at all. An another group of people would be the, uh, the, the uh, Ayunu tribe of the Japanese. Where do you think that word sam uh, samurai came from? Samaria. The Samaritans. See? That's a place in Israel. See? So some of even the Japanese are Israelites. And that's why Chinese people and Japanese people don't like to be, uh, they don't like to be uh, confused. Because they know that one of them is Israel and the other one isn't. <laughs> See? Read that again, brother. <clears throat> Acts 19 and 10. And this continued by the space of two years, so that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Christ, both Jews and Greeks. See? So you cannot start thinking um, you know who's Israel by how they look. Or the color of their skin. See? You cannot do that. You gotta, if you fit the prophecies, you're Israel. It's not about somebody who, you know, it's not about the color of your skin. Now, I want to point that out because there's a lot of Hebrews or Israelites out there who are just pushing this pro-black thing. Black, black, black. Black, black, black. And if you do that, 
you are going to butcher the scriptures because Christ wasn't talking black, black, black. See? So if you go that route, you're going to miss your brothers and sisters that's out there. See? Now, we're going to go into Genesis 49 and 22 because we still got some more identifying. I know this is a lot, but hey, we wouldn't have to do it if they taught it this in the church. <laughs> They're not. So we got to be as he goes before the flock and wake our brothers and sisters up. And that's what we're doing here today. Genesis 49 and 22. Genesis 49 verse 22. Joseph is a fruitful bow, even a fruitful bow by a well whose branches run over the wall. Read that again. Joseph is a fruitful bow, even a fruitful bow by a well which branches run over the wall. Now Ephraim, uh, excuse me, Joseph is the father of the Ephraimites and the uh, and Manasseh. The Ephraimites, or Joseph, when he speaks on Joseph, is speaking on the Blaiqua Taino Indians or the Puerto Ricans. See? The Puerto Ricans are God's chosen people. Read that again, brother. Verse 22. Joseph is, is a fruitful bow, even a fruitful bow by a well whose branches run over the wall. See? Fruitful. Fruitful means they have a lot of children. That's what fruitful means. See, so they would they would have, you know, they would have two and three generations living under the same the same roof. That's why it says uh, it says whose branches run over the wall because they like to stay condensed into one area. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 22. Joseph is a fruitful bow, even a fruitful bow by a well whose branches run over the wall. Continue. The archers have sorely grieved him and shot at him and hated him. Right, so what What archers? The conquistadors, see? The Spaniards, see? That's how you're speaking Spanish, through the Spaniards. You're not Spanish. <laughs> see? Joseph is the Ephraimites, the Puerto Ricans. That's Joseph. Those are our people. And it's important that you know that because Judah was the king of, um, <clears throat> was the king of all of the tribes, of course. But Ephraim, when, when the, when the um, kingdom was split... Ephraim was the king of um, the northern kingdom. Judah, who are the Jews, was the king of the southern kingdom, which is Benjamin, Judah, and Levi. Read 22 and 23 again, brother. Verse 22. Joseph is a fruitful bow, even a fruitful bow by a well whose branches run over the wall. The archers have, grie have sorely grieved him and shot at him and hated him. See? Fruitful bow, which means they would be very... Very fertile. See? Even their land would be fertile, right? See? Why? Because the Blaikwa Tainos were over there playing with diamonds like they were marbles. Before the conquistadors of Spaniards came over there and raped the, uh, and raped the, the, uh, the resources. And took those people down. Killed them down. You can look in history. They killed them down to only a million. Only a million. Ephraim. The Ephraimites. The Blaikwatainos, the Puerto Ricans, they had a lot of children over the wall, it says. Run over the wall because they would like to keep their family in one area. You'll see two and three generations living in the same home, under the same roof. And those archers were the Spaniards that came to take them down. So when you go look at who the Edomites or the so-called white men go to war against, all of these people have been taken down by the so-called white men. See? So they know exactly who you are. See? And that's why they're pushing these DNA tests. So they can continue to find where Israel is. See, they'll never tell you who you are. Because why? Because they're trying to come at you through vaccinations. 
through abortions. See, these are all the things that they push. Gangs. See, these are all the things that they push. Because why? Because the Ephraimites are mighty, mighty people. A mighty people. See? And just imagine if we all came together, all 12 tribes. Who could stop us? That's why they have taught us that we're minorities and broken us up. Okay, you're, you're Puerto Rican, you're black, you're Mexican, you're a North American Indian. Nah, nah. We're all the same people. We're Israel. See? And now we have all people outnumbered. And that's why they have broken us down. They've broken us down into, um, <clears throat> they've broken us down into gangs. They've broken us down into religions. See, these are all the different ways they've come into one people, the Israelites, and spread them apart and made them go against each other. Divide and conquer. Divide and conquer. That was one of the, the coined phrases by the Romans. Julius Caesar knew this. You come in, you divide the people, and then you come conquer them. Who could take us down? And think about this. In the early 90s, for those of us who are old enough to remember, uh, there was a man named Rodney King who was beat down by the police. Um, and it was caught on camera. Um, we have always been beat down by the police, but now it's starting to be on camera. Um, and if you think about it, those who live on the West Coast know that all of the Mexicans came together. The Puerto Rican, all of these people came together under Judah. When Judah rose up in the, uh, in the early 90s in California, they all rose up. And that's why they said, who shall rouse him up? They said Judah would be in the neck of his enemy. Why? Because they needed to keep a... They needed to be able to keep an eye or a metric on Judah. Because when Judah wake up, he started to wake up the other brothers. See, so if they could pacify Judah, putting the drugs in the neighborhoods, the crack, the uh, heroin, the cocaine. If we could have them playing sports, right? Then they wouldn't be worried about who they are. See, this is why other people aren't being attacked. This is why we're being attacked. See, the children of Israel are these people that we're going over today. Read 21, uh, excuse me, 22 and 23 again, brother. Genesis 49 and 22. Joseph is a fruitful bow, even a fruitful bow by a well whose branches run over the wall. The archers have sorely grieved him and shot at him and hated him. Now, we're going to go into further proof who Ephraim is. We're going to go to Deuteronomy 33 and 13. We're going back into your Torah. We're going back into the Torah. Deuteronomy 13, excuse me, Deuteronomy 33 and 13. Now, the reason why there's so many scriptures is because we have to nail this point home of who these people are. Anybody can take one scripture and manipulate, the mean, manipulate that to mean whatever they think it should mean. But you're not going to be able to manipulate 50 scriptures. These scriptures point out a people, and those people are the children of Israel. We're going to read 13 through 17. Deuteronomy 33 verse 13 and of Joseph he said blessed of the Lord be his land for the precious things of heaven for the dew and for the deep that coucheth beneath read that again and of Joseph he said blessed of the Lord be his land and for the precious things of heaven for the dew and for the deep that couches beneath right see so their land would be very fruitful also you can look in history and see that they were they had diamonds all over they had diamonds all over. They were playing with them like marbles. And this is why the Edomites came into that land. Read. Verse 14. And for the precious fruits brought forth by the sun, and for the precious things put forth by the moon. See? And that's the thing. When you look at Puerto Rico, what does that mean? It means port of riches. See? 
So they call you guys Port of Riches. That's what Puerto Rico means. That's not your name. If you call yourself a Puerto Rican, then you're not calling yourself an Ephraimite. So that means you have no clue who you are. See, And a lot of the Puerto Ricans hold dear what they think is their culture. But you're not Spaniards. Why are you speaking Spanish? Because these people came and took you down and warred against you. Read that again, brother. Verse 14. And for the precious fruits brought forth by the sun, and for the precious things put forth by the moon, and for the chief things of the ancient mountains, and for the precious things of the lasting hills, and for the precious things of the earth, and fullness thereof, and for the good will of him that dwelt in the bush. Read that again. And for the precious things of the earth, and the fullness thereof, and for the good will of him that dwelt in the bush. Right. Now, it says dwelt in the bush. <clears throat> Go on your Google or wherever. There was a time where they used to call the Ephraimites bush niggers. Excuse me. Excuse me. But this is what was being said. They were calling them bush niggers because they dwelt in the bushes. These are the children of Israel. These are the Ephraimites. Read 16 again, brother. Verse 16. And for the precious things of the earth and the fullness thereof, and for the good will of him that dwelt in the bush, let the blessings come upon the head of Joseph and upon the top of the head of him that was separated from his brethren. See, separated from his brother. Why? Because Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers. Remember? In Egypt, second in command. He was a dream teller. Remember? But because of him, the world exists today. Because why? Because it was a seven years of famine and a seven years of plenty. And the Most High had him have a clear understanding of what the dream was. Therefore, they could prepare for, you know, for what was to come. And that's how Egypt became great through Joseph, our father, called the Hyksos period in, Egypt, in Egyptian history. Inhotep is who Joseph is in Egyptian history. Read 16 again, brother. Verse 16, and for the precious things of the earth and the fullness thereof, and for the good will of him that dwelt in the, bu in the bush, let the blessings come upon the head of Joseph and upon the head of him that was separated from his brethren. See? He was separated from his brethren because they sold him into slavery. And see, if it wasn't for them selling him into slavery, none of us would be here today. None of us would be here today because he saved the world. And that's to show you that the most high can turn with Satan mean for evil around for good. Because those of us who know the history know that Joseph brothers came back to him and didn't recognize him because he was in the Egyptian garb, right? And they were able, we were able to flee into the wilderness, as Revelation said, for time and time, time again, for safety, for food, because they were the only place that had food, thanks to our brother. And guess what? Joseph forgave his brothers. He forgave his brothers and then raised them up and put them on a pedestal. This was Joseph, Ephraim. If you take a Puerto Rican, put a beard on him down to his knees, and put a turban on his head, put him in the Middle East, he would look like everybody else over there. You wouldn't even be able to tell him apart. They began in Egypt. The Ephraimites. See? You didn't start in Puerto Rico. How did they get to Puerto Rico when that's an island? We just showed you in 2nd Ezra that in 7, 8, 721, they were brought to land where no mankind dwelt. See? How did they get there? The Bible has that answer. And if you don't have that answer through, you know, circumstantial proof or 100% proof, then you can't say this is wrong. You can't tear something down if you don't know what is. Continue, brother. Verse 17. His glory is like the firstling of his bullock, and his horns are like the horns of unicorns, 
With them he shall push the people together to the ends of the earth, and they are the ten thousands of Ephraim, and they are thousands of the Manasseh. See, Manasseh. We're going to go into Manasseh because Joseph, um, excuse me, Ephraim and Joseph are brethren. See? You're going to find out today that Manasseh is the Cubans. Look at how they're being uh, defamed. Look at how they're being attacked in the uh, media. See? See how they push Fidel Castro and how, uh, you know, how, how, t- um, how much tyranny he put his people through. Those are our brothers. See? So every place that we have just named, guess what, guess what they have there? They have an American base there. <laughs> See? Why do you think that is? Because we're the Israelites and they need to be able to control us or take us down at any point. See? Think about that. Why is there an eagle base on all of these lands that we just went over? Because they're the children of Israel. See? The Cubans, those are our brothers. That's Manasseh. Ephraim, right? Puerto Rico is an American territory. Why is that? Because they said they need to keep Israel close. Because if we come together, we'll stomp them out. See? And this is what the world is afraid of. This is what they're afraid of. We're going to continue. We're going to go to Hosea 7 and 18. Further proof on who Ephraim and Manasseh are. Hosea. Now, when you go into Hosea, predominantly Hosea is about the northern uh, kingdom, which are the ten tribes, which are who you would call the native tribes. See? So if you want to learn about the native tribes, you want to go into Hosea. Uh, We're going to read 8 through 17. Hosea 7 and 8. Ephraim, he hath mixed themselves among the people. And Ephraim is a cake not turned. Read that again. Ephraim, he hath mixed themselves among the people. Ephraim is a cake not turned. Now it says a cake not turned or a cake unturned means <clears throat> he says he mixed with the people, which means that he would be, you would see some Ephraim that's really light. You would see some Ephraim that's really dark. That's what a cake not turned is. It's dark on one side. It's light on the other. See? Mixed with the people. So they, and a lot of the Ephraimites, they're going through an identity crisis because they want to be white. And see, that's because they don't know who they are. They don't know how rich their history is. So there's some Ephraimites who won't even deal with another Ephraimite. They only deal with white people. Read 8 again, brother. Verse 8. Ephraim, he hath mixed themselves among the people. Ephraim is a cake not turned. Strangers have devoured his strength, and he knoweth it not. Yeah, great hairs are here, and they are upon him. Yeah, he knoweth not. It says strangers have devoured his strength. Who is that? That's the Spaniards. See? This was prophesied that everything that happened to you, brothers and sisters, was prophesied by the Bible. Continue, brother. Verse 10. And the pride of Israel testifieth to his face, and they do not return to the Lord their God, nor seek him for all this. See? So now, these particular people, the Ephraimites, and when it says Ephraim, I want to I want to say that Ephraim stands for, in this particular scripture, the ten tribes. So some of the ten tribes would look lighter than the others. So you have Benjamin, Judah, and Levi who are predominantly the darker tribes. But the native tribes, some of them would be lighter. Because why? Because the Most High said they mixed themselves with the people. Right? Continue, brother. Verse 11. Ephraim also is like a silly dove without heart. They call to Egypt. They go to Assyria. When they shall go, I will spread my net upon them. I will bring them down as the fowls of the heaven. I will chastise them as their congregation hath heard. See? So the Most High allowed you guys to be taken down. Why? Because you turned away 
from the laws that was given to you, the laws, statutes, and commandments that was given to our forefathers. See? And this is why they're in the case that they're in. Think about it today. What's going on in Puerto Rico today in so-called 2017? They have no power, right? They have no resources, right? After I think it was a hurricane a few months ago. They're struggling right now, right? And they're in American territory and America still won't give them resources. Why? (laughs) Because they're Israel. See? This is why they are being persecuted. Because they're Israel. They need to know this because I think they may, you know, they may be under the understanding that, um, you know, the most high God is against them. You know, why do they have to be on the bottom? This is why, because it was prophesied that because our forefathers broke the law, started worshiping on Sundays, eating pork, shrimp, crab, lobster, stopped celebrating his holy days like Purim, Passover, Feast of Tabernacles, all of those things, because of all of those things. The Most High took us down and made us low. See? So you'll be celebrating Christmas, but not the Passover, which is the day Christ was, uh, you know, sacrificed for our sins. You'll go celebrate Easter, right? But you won't celebrate the days the Most High said. This is part of the reason why we're on the bottom. Continue. Verse 13. Woe unto them, for they have fled from me. Destruction unto them, because they have transgressed against me. Though I have redeemed them, yet they have spoken lies against me. See? This is why he allowed the Spaniards to come take you down. Conquer you and give you a new language. See? You weren't speaking Spanish before this happened. You were speaking ancient Phoenician Hebrew. Just like all the rest of the Israelites. See? Continue, brother. Verse 14. And they have not cried unto me with their heart. When they howled upon their beds, they assembled themselves for corn and wine, and they rebelled against me. Continue. Though I have bound and strengthened their armies, yet do they imagine mischief against me. Right, because Ephraim was a mighty, mighty people. And he allowed the, the Spaniards to come down and kill them down to almost nothing. Because remember, the Most High said they were fruitful, so they made a lot of kids. That's why the Spaniards came and took them down. That's exactly why. Continue, brother. 16. They return, but not to the Most High. They are like a deceitful bow. Their princes shall fall by the sword for the rage of their tongue. This shall be their derision in the land of Egypt. See? So these people are the same ones who ruled in Egypt. Ephraim. The Puerto Ricans. The Blaikwa Tainos. Right? So this is exactly why the Most High allowed those quote-unquote Europeans or Spaniards to take you down. Because you turned away your face from the Most High. And when Ephraim turned his face away, guess what? The other tribes turned their face away. The ten, the natives. Why? Because the Ephraimites are the king tribe over the natives. All of the native tribes that we've gone over. Ephraim was the king of those tribes. And through him falling, they all fell. So to whom much is given, much is required. That's why they are on the bottom. That's why they've been taken down. See, now we're going to go into um, Genesis 48, 1 through 5, because we want to show you that Jacob, uh, Ephraim and Manasseh were Jacob's grandsons, but he adopted them to be his sons. Therefore, they could become a tribe. Let us show you. Genesis 48 and 1. And it came to pass after these things that one told Joseph, behold, thy father is sick. And he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. 
And one told Jacob and said, Behold, thy son Joseph cometh unto thee. And Israel strengthened himself and sat upon the bed. Continue. And Jacob said unto Joseph, God Almighty appeared unto me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me. And said unto me, Behold, I will make thee fruitful and multiply thee. And I will make of thee a multitude of people and will give the land to thy seed after thee for an everlasting possession. See, so that land is to be for us. That land is ours. You know, most of us know that Canaan is the land today known as Israel or Palestine. That was the land of Canaan that was taken from the Africans and given to the Israelites. Continue. Verse 5. And now thy two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, which were born unto thee in the land of Egypt, before I came unto thee in Egypt, are mine. And Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. See, so Ephraim and Manasseh were born into (laughs) Egypt. See, so they actually came from Egypt first. See? So now you're seeing that, um, now you're getting ready to see that uh, Jacob or Israel adopted his two grandsons. Joseph was a son through blood of Jacob. And Joseph's two sons was Ephraim and Manasseh. So they were Jacob's grandsons, but were adopted up to be one of the uh, two of the 12 tribes. We're going to prove that to you by going to Genesis 48 and 12. Genesis 48 verse 12. And Joseph brought them out from between his knees and he bowed himself with his face to the earth. Uh, We're going to read all the way to verse 19. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim in his right hand, towards Israel's left hand, and Manasseh in his left hand, towards Israel's right hand, and brought them near unto him. So now Joseph is taking his two children to Israel, who is Jacob. And Israel, verse 14, And Israel stretched out his right hand, and laid it upon Ephraim's head, who was the younger, and his left hand upon Manasseh's head, guiding his hand wittingly, for Manasseh was the firstborn. See, so usually Manasseh was older than Ephraim, and usually the ruler would be the older son. But something changed. Continue. Verse 15. And he blessed Joseph and said, God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac did walk, the God which feed me all my life long until this day, the angels which redeem me from all evil, bless the lads and let my name be named on them. See, read that again. Verse 16. The angels which redeem me from all evil, bless the lads and let my name be named on them. And the name of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. See, so let their na- my name be on them. So now they would be called children of Israel. See, continue, brother. Verse 17. And when Joseph saw that his fathers laid his hand right hand upon the head of Ephraim, it displeased him. And he held up his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head until Manasseh's head. See, so when their father, Joseph, who's Jacob's son, saw that he he put his hand on Ephraim's head, he didn't like that. He wanted the older child to be the king of the northern tribes. But the Most High had a different plan. Read 17 again, brother. Verse 17. And when Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand upon Ephraim's head, it displeased him. And he held up his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head until Manasseh's head. And Joseph said unto his fathers, Not so, my father. For this is the firstborn. Put thy right hand upon his head. See, so he's saying, no, don't choose Ephraim. Don't choose the Puerto Ricans. Choose the Cubans. Choose Manasseh. They're older. Continue. Verse 19. 
And his father refused and said, I know it, my son, I know it. He also shall become a people, and he also shall be great. But truly his younger brother shall be greater than he, and his seed shall become a multitude of nations. Read that again, brother. Verse 19, And his father refused and said, I know it, my son, I know it. He also shall become a people, and he also shall be great. But truly his younger brother shall be greater than he. See, so the younger brother shall be greater. See, so Ephraim would be in charge. Read 20, brother. Verse 20, And he blessed them that day, saying, And these shall Israel bless, saying, God make thee as Ephraim and as Manasseh. And he sent Ephraim before Manasseh. See, so he set Ephraim up in charge over the northern kingdom. See, the prudy that the Ephraimites or the Puerto Ricans are the, would be the ones who the northern or the native tribes look up to. They would look up to Ephraim. Look at, look at the Puerto Ricans. You know, who, who, who you have Puerto Ricans, some of the, uh, <clears throat> some of the famous Puerto Ricans like, uh, Mark Antony, right? Um, J-Lo, right? Uh, Alex Rodriguez, Big Pun, right? See? So they would be the kings of the northern tribes or the uh, native tribes, the ten, the ten tribes. See? So they would need to, even in today, they would need to start to facilitate bringing these people back. Because why? Because they're actually the head. Just like Judah is the head of the southern kingdom, or all of them in general, but Ephraim is predominantly in charge of the northern tribes, the ten. So they would be looked to or sought after as, you know, kings or as, you know, um, popular. Right. Read that again, brother. Verse 20. And he blessed them that day, saying, and these shall Israel bless, bless, saying, God, make thee as Ephraim and as Manasseh. And he set Ephraim before Manasseh. All right, now we're going to go, we got one last tribe, and we're going into the tribe of Benjamin. We're going to Genesis 49 and 26. Genesis 49 verse 26. The blessings of thy father have prevailed above the blessings of my progenitors, until the utmost bound of the everlasting hills. They shall be the head of Joseph. And on the crown of the head of him that was separate from his brethren. All right. Continue, brother. 27. Benjamin shall reign as a wolf. In the morning he shall devour the prey. And at night he shall divide the spoil. Yeah, that says Benjamin shall raven as a wolf. So read 27 one more time, brother. Verse 27. Benjamin shall raven as a wolf. In the morning he shall devour the prey, and at night he shall divide the spoil. It says ravening as a wolf. Why? Because <clears throat> you ever seen a wolf in front of the moon? It's howling. So Benjamin, they would sing to the Most High. When you hear the, the so-called Benjamins, the Jamaicans, the Trinidadians, those of the West Indies, that's Benjamin. See? It says that he would devour the prey, and at night he would divide the spoil. Why? Because when you take down a country... You divide up what they have amongst your brothers, right? See, so these will be the warriors for the Most High. Benjamin were the warriors. And it says, uh, read, read it one more time, brother, 27. Verse 27. Benjamin shall raven as a wolf. In the morning he shall devour the prey, and at night he shall divide the spoil. Right, so these were the only of the tribes that <clears throat> turned away, turned around, took control of the slave ships and turned it back. And sent it back to where it came from. See, so they actually took over the slave ship and started to free their brothers, killed everybody, all of the enemies on board. This was Benjamin. 
Benjamin did this. Benjamin have a short temper. See? The Most High used Benjamin as the warriors, the Maroons. They have, they're very short-tempered people. Read 27 again, brother. 27. Benjamin shall raven as a wolf. In the morning he shall devour the prey, and at night he shall divide the spoil. Now, Benjamin don't like to be forced into anything. And that's why um, the, the slave masters just left Benjamin there. They couldn't even get him to work as slaves, so they just left him. <laughs> they were like, we'll just move on. See? Because Benjamin do not like to be forced into anything. You got to know that when you're dealing with Benjamin. They're very short-tempered people. Right? Read 28, brother. Verse 28. All these are the 12 tribes of Israel. Read that again. All these are the 12 tribes of Israel. And this is it that their father spake unto them and blessed them. Everyone according to his blessings, he blessed them. See, so the 12 tribes would be blessed. But in order to reap the benefits of what was promised to us, the promises of Abraham that went down to Isaac, that went down to Jacob, that went down to the 12 tribes, they would have to follow the Most High. Read 28 again, brother. All these are the 12 tribes of Israel. And this is that that their fathers spake unto them and blessed them. Everyone according to his blessing, he blessed them. Right. Now we're going into Revelation, uh, excuse me, Hosea 1 and 10. Hosea 1 and 10. Hosea 1 verse 10. Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea. Read that again, brother. Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea. See? So with the 12 tribes combined, we are like the sand of the sea. Now... I need you to go to, you know, go to the ocean and try to count sand. Let me know when you're finished. Because it's so many of us that they couldn't control us. And that's why they're killing us the way they are. Vaccinating us, pushing abortions, putting us in gangs. Because they know it is too many of us to control. But we got to come together. That's the only way. Read that again, brother. Verse 10. Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea. Which it cannot be measured nor numbered. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it is said unto them, Ye are not my people, there it shall be said unto them, Ye are the sons of the living God. See? In that place where it says, Ye are not my people. Are y'all telling, uh, are anybody in America at least, or Europe, are they telling these people they're the children of Israel? Or are you telling them that they, uh, they're Jamaicans? You telling them that they're Negroes? You telling them that they're black or they're Puerto Ricans? Read that last part again, brother. Ye are not my, uh, excuse me, that in the place where it is said unto them, ye are not my people, there it shall be said unto them, ye are the sons of the living God. See, so somebody been lying. See, somebody been lying. And somebody have taken advantage of us. And why have they done that? Because if you knew who you was, you knew that you would, ha you would know that you should be in position to rule and you would follow God's laws. And they can only they can only control us and be over us if we don't know who we are. They have spent billions of dollars in keeping the children of Israel sleep. Because why? Because it's big money in keeping Hebrews sleep. That's big money. Make some music about calling each other in words and bees and selling drugs, and we'll pay you. We will pay you for that. See? Preach the doctrine at your church that it doesn't matter who you are, God loves everybody. See? They know who we are and they know that we are prophesied to rule the world. And it's too many of us. Read 10 one more time, brother. Verse 10. Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, 
which cannot be measured nor numbered. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, Ye are not my people, there it shall be said unto them, Ye are the sons of the living God. All right. Now we're going to go to Revelation 7 and 1. Because now that you know who the children of Israel is, now you can have an understanding of what it talks about when it says the 144,000. Revelation 7 and 1, brother. We're going to read all the way down to... Let's read down to... Let's say... 10. Revelation 7 verse 1. And after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels, to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. And I heard the number of them which were sealed, and there was sealed an hundred and forty and four thousand, and of the tribes of the children of Israel. See, so a hundred and forty-four thousand of the children of Israel will be the rulers, the ruling government when Christ come back. See, Christian church don't even deal with this. Why don't they deal with this? Because if they dealt with this, they would have to identify who are the 144,000. <laughs> See, this is why they stay away from revelations. There was a time when revelations wasn't even in the Bible. They took it out completely. The same way they took out the apographer. It wasn't just revelations. It was Jude also. There was a time when Jude and revelation, they, it was non-canonical. Because they know that it would lead to questions like, well, who are these people? Read, brother. <clears throat> Verse 5 Of the tribe of Judah were sealed 12,000 Of the tribe of Reuben were sealed 12,000 Of the tribe of Gad were sealed 12,000 Now we know that Judah are the Negroes or the Jews We know that Reuben is the Aborigines of Australia or the Seminole Indians We know that Gad is the North American Indians So 12,000 of each of those tribes will be sealed Verse 6 of the tribe of Asher were sealed 12,000. We know that Asher is the Venezuelans, the Brazilians, and Argentinians. Of the tribe of Naphtali were sealed 12,000. We know that Naphtali is the Philippines, the Fiji Islands, the Hawaiians, the Samoans, the Vietnamese. Of the tribe of Manassas were sealed 12,000. The Cubans, 12,000. Verse 7. Of the tribe of Simeon were sealed 12,000. The Dominicans. Of the tribe of Levi were sealed 12,000. The Haitians. Of the tribe of Issachar were sealed 12,000. The Mexicans. Of the, of the tribe of Zebulun were sealed 12,000. The Panamanians. Of the tribe of Joseph were sealed 12,000. The Puerto Ricans or the Ephraimites. And of the tribe of Benjamin were sealed 12,000. Right. Now Benjamin we just went over. That's the Trinidadians, the Jamaicans, those of the West Indies, right? See? So, they, uh, that 12,000 from each of, the, of those tribes is 144,000. Now, are we saying only 144,000 people are going to make it into heaven? Absolutely not. The 144,000 are the people who are going to rule the government. When Christ comes back, he's going to have a government. The same way every kingdom have a government. You go into America, who's ruling? The government. You go over into Asia or China, who's ruling there? There's a government there. So you cannot have a kingdom without a ruling body or government. See, and these people, once they're woken up to who they are, that seal in their foreheads, this is a physical people, they will rule the earth righteously. 144,000 of them. See, 
So this is why they must be woken up. This is why. Now, we just wanted to show you that that was the 144,000. So now you can have an understanding on Revelations. At a later date, we're going to have a, a, a complete broadcast of the entire book of Revelations. We're going to break it down, um, you know, verse by verse. Because we know that the Christian church, I don't know if they don't have an understanding of it or they just don't want to teach it. But there's a reason why they don't go into Revelation 7. Because then you would come and ask them, well, who are these people? They would tell you it's the church. No, it's not. It's not the church. It's a people. It's a physical people. Because if it was just a church, then why individually identify them like that then? See? So the sand of the sea. Let's go to Ezekiel 9 and 4. Ezekiel 9 and 4. The 144,000. Who are the 144,000 now? Ezekiel 9 verse 4. And the Lord said unto him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh, and that, that cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. Right, see? A seal on the men. See? The Most High's uh, flock are men. See, so these 144,000 that's going to rule are going to be men. See, it's going to be 144,000 men who follow the Most High, who follow his holy days, who know what his name is, who know what the truth is. Now, we got one last scripture that we're going to go to, and it's going to be uh, Matthew 28 and 18. Actually, we're not even going to go to Matthew 28 and 18. I think that we have, um, I think that we have, we have hit a home run. We have identified all of the 12 tribes of Israel. And this was a, this was a deep lesson. It was profound. I think it was well needed. Um, our brothers and sisters need to come back to the understanding of who they are. And it's our, <clears throat> it's our responsibility to share what we know and teach and tell our brothers and sisters why they are struggling. And how to be liberated from the power of Satan that is controlling us, controlling our governments. Come put down the paganism. Come back to your laws, statutes, and commandments so you can rule the world. Shalom, brothers and sisters. Shalom.